0: Hi, I'm Ace from Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. And you may have felt like you have heard Roxanne get passionate or to preach a little during our shows on a regular basis. But you have not been to church until you have experienced her live. And this weekend, she had a chance to speak at Victorious Life Church. And we wanted to share that message with you this week as a bonus podcast with Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Wow, I'm blown away. I feel like I'm at home. I I like to start uh, talking to God, so if we could do that, talking with God. and Thank you, God, uh, for who you are. Thank you that you are worthy. Thank you that you are holy. Thank you that your hand is on this church. Thank you that as the songs we just sang said, we are changed, we are healed, we are anointed. We are appointed to go out into the world with your name, that beautiful song, your name what oh lord you're so good thank you for the opportunity any that you give us to share the gospel because that's what this life is all about that's what it's for let's share the gospel and i'm thrilled lord about tonight thank you let every word be edifying and glorifying of you my king my savior we worship you and we love you and we thank you for tonight so it is 2023 I don't know about any of you, but I cannot believe it. They say, as you grow older, time goes faster. I I feel like a year is about two weeks now. I don't know how it happened. And so the timing, speaking into the first of the year, I'm proud of that. God is first, the first of the year. A lot of us are praying and fasting. And so I said, Lord, show me where we should go in 2023 as believers. And so... We're going to talk vision, value, and victory. And so I dove into some vision casting. And so I went to Proverbs 29, 18. Without vision, the people perish. We've heard that, right? But often it's used for your personal vision or for a church's vision. Guess what? That's not what it's about, and I had no idea. Vision in this context is a divine connection with God. How do we get that prophecy, revelation, prayer? It's intimate. It is a communication. That's not one way, correct? The the man that was worshiping his heart out, I I did watch because I love to see people just give it all to God in a place where they're safe to worship how they want to. Thank you, Pastor Josh. And as I dug deeper into that, we don't really look at the rest of that verse. What happens when we don't have vision? What happens? The people, they cast off restraint, and then then it goes on to say, "Blessed are those who keep the law." They cast off restraint. Well, what is happening in today's world? When people aren't in the Word of God, they aren't in church to hear the Word of God they're being permeated by the world and everything they see in in media and on television. And I'm, I'm not going to knock social media on. I like it a bunch, (laughs) but, but here's the thing, uh, when that happens and we cast off restraint, what does that look like? Well, I'm on Netflix and there's a show on there called I survived a crime. And it's funny that you started out mentioning crime. If you watch this show, there's an elderly woman at the ATM. She pulls out her money and this perfectly polite looking young man beats her. just I mean, lets her have it. This is all caught on tape. This is the same episode. I was like, the world's going mad. They've cast off restraint. Then they show two teenage girls in a car. A lady my age has lost her mind. She's in a truck. She pulls him off the road. She has a badge from like a workplace. Not really a badge badge. Like a police officer puts it up in the window. She's like, "Ah." and the girls are like, she went to jail and thought about it. But wow, cast off restraint. Then they end the episode with a very slight man. They're a young couple. His wife has cancer. They're at home minding their own business. They open the door to... The biggest gun I think I've ever seen. They all come into the house. This little guy wrestles a guy with an AK, just pops on him. Gets the gun. He's shocked. Everyone's shocked. He gets him out of the apartment. No, you won't believe it. You won't be- that was like Roxanne tells wild stories. You won't believe it. They all leave and knock, knock, knock. Ten minutes later, hey man, I'm sorry. I want my gun. <laughs> Okay. We have cast off restraint. What happens when we're not in the word? Pastor Josh is teaching on prayer on Friday. Why is prayer important? It's divine connection with God. So make that appointment in your new year. Now we're going to talk value. I really believe that a lot of the problems of the world could be solved if we just understood our value. I did research these school shootings as the wife of a former elementary school principal. I did research on how do these happen? It's often a young man who was bullied at the school and he's going back to show, show the bullies. He doesn't know his value. And I'm not using that as an excuse. That's a crime but I really believe we must know our value, and what does that come down to? A crown mentality. In all of the years that I've been preaching and speaking and at women's conferences, the number one thing I hear from women is, I'm not good enough. The other thing, and and you will be astounded by this, 45% of women surveyed Dislike because I'm not going to use the H word, how they look. Now think about that. It's sobering. Where are we getting our value? We know that God gave his son to save us. That's value. Amen. If he only did that for one of us, it was worth it. So I get a little wound up. <laughs> right? Where is our value? And scripture has a lot to say about it. Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, God's gifts and call are given to you forever and they cannot be taken away. Hello. Right? Revelation 1 5. He made us kings and priests for us girls. That's princesses and queens. Mm-hmm. You got your crown. Isaiah t- 62 3 says, you shall be a crown of beauty. Beauty that transcends from the inside because, you know, you're valued and loved and adopted into God's family. You're important to him. You're the apple of his eye. Psalm 4. he crowns us with loving kindness. Amen and amen. Let no one take your crown. I spent many years walking around like this, whatever you think, whatever you say, just talk to me. It's going to be okay. And I walk like this and I talk like this. Guess what? No more. No more because when you're in a situation that feels like abuse and you don't know it's abuse, you get so bogged down. You don't know who you are anymore and all you want is a little peace, right? Only guess what? You weren't made to live like that. Amen Amen and amen. And I'm speaking to somebody today. You weren't made to live like that. So today, we refuse to give anyone permission to make you feel inferior or to oppress you. And oppression means to take away your decision-making about your own future. That happened to me on the job. I've never quit anything, and I did. Right decision to make for me because I had no control over where my life was going by my life in the middle of the night on a hundred thousand watt radio. And so, you know what? I'm healthier because of it. And of course I asked God what he thought about it. Okay. I'm like, that may not be your plan. The Lord is with us and he is for us and he speaks to us. I've never heard an audible voice but I try to be sensitive to the spirit because if I'm not, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Amen. amen and amen. All right. Let's talk a little bit about social media. I know Josh has taken a fast from it. I hope that's okay to say that publicly. Cause that was private. Sorry. People telling me stuff and my daughter's quit it completely because she gets depressed. Looking at it, amen. doesn't want it anymore. Well, she has, Here's the thing about it, it's part of what I do, Ace and I started a new podcast, and hopefully this will be on a podcast, and hopefully on YouTube, and, uh, and I really love it, I love feedback. But guess what, a love and a like on Facebook, what does that really matter? Amen. Sometimes you post something, nobody but a frog sees it, you wonder, am I even doing something that matters to God, because I do use Facebook for ministry. But do you know what? Do you think Jesus spent one second thinking about a love or a like on some page? He was about the approval of his daddy. Only. He liked people. He loved people. But what did he do? He took care of his body. He rested. What did he do? He went off and prayed. What did he do? He checked in with dad about what to do. Right? His opinion. And guess what his opinion is of you? You are absolute royalty. You have value beyond anything you could have ever imagined. So when you have, as Joyce Meyer says, 60,000 thoughts a day, and most of them are putrid, or they're repeated thoughts, which are worthless, guess what? You think, oh, God's mad at me. Really? Really? Somebody said, it may have been you, Josh, I'm sorry. What you did last night? I used to think, when am I gonna get any better, God? I'm supposed to stop doing that. Right? When am I going to get better, God? And you know what I hear? I love you. <laughs> <sighs> Just the way you are. An emotional some I met somebody here and they said, Wow, you're you're a firecracker. See yep. All right, so we get our approval from God. Even when we make choices where we have to say, God, I'm sorry. When was the last time? We'll say sorry to other people. When was the last time we say, sorry, God? Sorry. I'm I'm a work in progress, and I know you've got me. So the crown mentality, a couple things. You are not powerless. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm just, forget it. It's out of my control. Well, guess what? The opposite of inferiority is not not superiority, it's royalty. You remember, I got a crown. I'm adopted into God's family. He loves me so much. I'm not Mephibosheth, the cripple that went to the table and thought, I need to get down and eat with the dogs. No, what did David say? Come to my table. Eat the finest. I am the king. That's you, and that's me. That's what's so cool about the Bible is these aren't just old stories told by somebody that may or may not have been. This is God's Word. Amen. Glory. This is God's Word. All right. We can change our perspective. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. We think life is happening to us when, in fact, it's happening for us. Look at that change in our attitude, right? Identify your mistaken beliefs. How can we say God is not for us when we are more than a conqueror through him who loves us? How can we say God is not for us when we are the head and not the tail? How can we say that? Sometimes I used to say, well, God, you're busy working for everybody else's deal. When are you going to care about my deal? God and I have had some conversations. Like Josh, he says, I'll just tell God. Well, God already knows. And there's nothing you can't tell him he hasn't probably heard. And when I'm real, as you said, I make a little bit more progress. And when I'm trying to be something, I'm not. Also under crown mentality, understand your rights as a Christian. One thing we're going to talk about in the podcast is how we're perceived in the world as angry. We hate everybody. We think we're better. We know how broken we are. I don't know about you. And I know where my weaknesses are. And he'll point out some more. When I say, Lord, show me. Oh, you better. Once he showed me faces like the old fashioned Rolodex. You guys who are my age remember that? And it was like faces. And the Lord said, have you forgiven? Woo, mighty. Okay. But you have the right to forgive. And that doesn't just mean everybody else. It means yourself. You can forgive yourself. We've all made mistakes. We've all fallen short of his glory. You can talk to the mountain. And by that, I'm going to give you an example. I thought it was sweet when I first, I became a Christian way late in life. Like I was busy being a wild, crazy party in heathen. Can I say that in church? I think I just did. Okay. And I came to him late. So I was like trying to pray pretty like some women I heard. like oh lord and then i'd be like i know you're really busy on much more important problems than mine but if you ever get around to kind of well maybe thinking about this area that would be fantastic god but you know what i know you're god and you probably don't have time for me and musta and you know what the holy spirit did the holy spirit said do you believe me Change me. Now I'm like, Lord, let's go. I want to pray with some power, right? Yeah. And I'm not afraid to ask him. I'm not afraid to hear no, because I know his no is my protection, not my rejection. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's crown mentality, victor or victim. Oh, this is good stuff. John 16, 33, in this world, you will have tribulation. Jesus said, be of good cheer i've overcome the world so that's a fun scripture okay you will have trouble it isn't i might have trouble the trouble will be brief i'm gonna get by no what that means is you have a wayward child you have an illness you've had a drug addiction you're looking at stuff that would make jesus cry you're looking at it okay whatever it is it has caused you pain Unspeakable death, loss, rejection, depression. So many people are depressed, it's crazy. Okay, and I'm not condemning anybody, been there too, done that. Okay, here's the thing we're gonna have pain, but as I studied for tonight, you don't have to let the pain swallow you whole, you don't have to roll around in it. And what is it going to... And I'm not saying don't grieve. I'm just saying I can allow the suffering to eat me alive, which will make the devil who prowls around trying to kill someone, devour his kill, because he's going to eat you, and then you're going to die, right? That's what he wants, is for you to suffer and then die. Well, guess what? You're on the ground suffering. He's happy. Don't you think? I mean, I'm just going to be real. So... I did a little research. Rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. 1 Peter 4, verses 12 through 13. That makes no sense. I was like, listen, I saw The Passion of the Christ. I don't want to suffer like Jesus. Okay. That movie, I thought, oh, I'm going down. I I almost like, because I don't, do you remember when you saw The Passion of the Christ? If you haven't, you have to see it. The scourging and the beating, well, you know. And I thought, why are they asking me? Why is scripture asking me to be happy about the suffering of Christ? What? And that I get to do it too? What? Oh, here's, this is good. There's suffering and then there's Christ's suffering. Our suffering in this life, guess what? If we have Jesus and his suffering, we have hope in our suffering This world is temporary. Our world, where each and I pray you are all Christians, if you are and you've said with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and I believe he died on the cross, then you're saved. That means you're in heaven forever. That means we win in this life, we win in the next life, we win, we win, we win. Right? At the ball game, we can yell in church. So, so here's the thing. My brother, who's an atheist, said to me, You moved down south with Christian loons and they're all Bible thumping. I think they're all a bunch of bunk. I'm just saying. And oh, I wanted to say something to him, and the Lord said, clamp it. <laughs> In a nicer way. Okay? He said, I'm gonna go on the ground and get eaten up by bugs, just to really get me upset, right? Because he knew it would really upset me, because I mean. Baby on fire for Jesus. We're gonna have a conversation. You're gonna to get to hear about him. <sighs> wow, how sad. There's human suffering, and then the end is nothing. There's Christ's suffering, and we he gave it all for us. We can rejoice. Amen. Woo! All right. Sufferings. Now, we can reframe our troubles reframe it to actually look at it with awe and joy now i used to hear brenda ladun who has had breast cancer say it's the best thing ever happened to me and i thought she's a much better christian than me and a much nicer person and i'm thinking really wow um, i don't want to get that but you know what she was talking about with deep faith and and i love her she was talking about what she learned from that experience. Three years ago, my sweet, godly, cute husband got bladder cancer. And uh, that's not fun. So we had emergency surgery, we had 20 procedures where they burn chemicals up in you and you hold the chemicals for two hours. And then when they're released, it's like fire burning your insides and people scream. It's not fun, it was terrible. And watching him suffer was terrible. but listen girlfriend i was like i'm a christian i've got this god's gonna help me with this god said make him laugh and be strong and courageous god i can do that and i had people praying felt strong i fortified our house i was like yes yes we can do this he's gonna live and i knew i knew that the that the bladder cancer would not take him out and then guess what happened Uh, then they said oh we got to stop with the bladder because now his prostate is just riddled with tumors and if we don't get that out so we got to stop treating the bladder to emergency get the prostate out then I got scared can I can we be real in church then I was like oh wow I might be a widow I'm, I'm just you know oh wow God walk with me show me and so I did the worldly things. We had no will. We have one. The house is in a trust. I shopped for burial plots and we bought them. I'm not not kidding. And I said, you know what, God? I'm going to be ready. No matter what, I'm going to be ready. But I'm scared. I am so scared. I finally found someone that I admire more than anyone but you. And and now look, he's so sick. Uh, And you know what God showed me? Oh, he's so good. He said, treasure every day that you have with him. And that's whether it's two months, ten years. Be grateful. And it changed my perspective. And so I hope you guys will pray. January 17th, they go up there and they look again. And there's a 50% chance every time it comes back and he's whistle clean. And I'm believing God that he will be. Amen Amen and amen and amen. Reframing that experience. What did it do for us? Well, let me tell you. Taught me a lot about what's important. A wife was angry with her husband. Why? Because he would do what a lot of men do. Not to call out men. I love men. He would go in the kitchen and fix a sandwich and the crumbs would get all over the counter and he wouldn't get a plate and he would eat it there which results in a mess correct on him and the floor and the counter and she was mad about that a lot because he liked a lot of sandwiches well guess what he died and she walked into the kitchen and when there were no crumbs (sighs) reminder and wayne and i have a funny joke there's another part of that story he was in the kitchen getting crumbs. I said, look at that. Look at the crumbs. He said, remember what you preached? And I said, yeah, I preached it, babe, but you're still alive and I just mopped the floor. And we died laughing. Okay, we died laughing. Reframe it. Look at what you're learning in it. Be grateful. And I'm a girl and I'm prissy. I was always into pink and Barbies and everything, little girl. And I like big hair. You can see that. And so when mine started falling out in massive lumps, I was not too happy. And then I found out I have an autoimmune disease. It took five doctors and a biopsy to find out. I was not happy with it. But guess what? God's given me a ministry that's blown my mind. And due to TikTok, because I went bald on TikTok, And people say, oh, Roxanne, you're crazy about that TikTok thing. The Chinese are going to know your social security number. They're going to know where you live. (laughs) But you know what? I have women crying, writing, saying, but you look so pretty. And help me with my headaches, And help me, I'm afraid. (laughs) Help me, I don't know how to not have any hair. And it seems minor in consideration with the other things of the world. But I like some hair going on. I got some wigs. I got some like yours okay we like our hair most ladies like their hair the way it is right got it going on but here's what I learned I'm having a ball who'd have have thought that this bald head would have so much fun and you know what my husband loves it because I get ready in a quarter of the time no more waiting four hours for me to put my face on My face a little faster, my hair's a lot faster. And he also does, he loses me in the store because he went in with the blonde, he can't remember my blue and my pink and my purple and my short, Uh, which is pretty fun until he talked to the wrong woman sometime and was saying stuff. She was like, oh, get this man away from me. So uh, that's how to attempt to be And I'm not saying suffering is you sign up for, oh, let me sign up for the suffering. Let me sign up for that. No, it still isn't fun. But the cool thing about Jesus, he was fully man. He knows it's not fun. Yes, he's God too. Isn't Christianity the best? Because Jesus knows our pain. All right. I promise you, I'm going to let you go home. Vicarious conditioning, I'm doing V words. Have you noticed? When we live vicariously through someone else, we learn from their experience. Hopefully you all do that. You learn, you know, I've learned from Thelma who's here tonight. You know, I've learned from Diane who's here tonight. Hopefully you have mentor. I mean, no one prays like, like Thelma, okay? I'm like, Lord, I'll never pray like Thelma. <laughs> but it's an example of godly living That I should be consuming, correct? So, a secular survey was done. This is secular, but I'm making it Christian because I can do it, because I can do what I want, right? Y'all are okay with it? Okay, let's look. That was funny. So, you look at the top 10 things that people regret as they're dying. There were 25. I'm only going to give you 10 because I know you need to go home. Number 10 is not taking time off to stay in touch with my friends i i had a lot of acquaintances but no real friends until the last couple of years and let me just tell you i wouldn't give anything for those friendships they've changed me molded me we were meant to be in companionship with others your friends matter and they will run to you when you hurt cradle you Number nine, not expressing your feelings. Well, that isn't a problem of mine, but you know what? A lot of us stuff our, our wounds away, don't we? Well, no one cares to hear me. I'm going to stuff it. And then when you stuff your feelings, you're angry, right? Cause you've stuffed it. We have to express our feelings. Don't let our feelings take over our life. I'm not saying that, but God gave us feelings and we could, that's a whole sermon. Not being more health conscious, I used to joke that my ex, I couldn't stand exercise. And so I used to joke with Ace that walking to the car is my exercise from the studio. (laughs) But now I'm into it. And I feel alive and I feel so much better. So those on their deathbed wish they had been more health conscious. Not nurturing good relationships, that makes perfect sense. Not spending more time with your kids. I know everybody's already told you guys this. Trey will be three, you'll blink, he'll be three. You'll blink again, he'll be six. And Wayne and I would love to just have one day with our babies when they were six again. And mama, you're gonna be tired, okay? And hormones, whoa. Here's the thing, and it's hard. The first year's hard. I know you've heard this from everybody. But you just embrace it. I cannot believe mine's as old as she is and our boys, right? Your kids spend time with them. Ignoring your instincts. That's secular. For me, it's Holy Spirit. If I ignore the Holy Spirit for me, he screams louder because he's trying to get through my thick head. And a lot of times if I can't hear from the spirit, it's a sin layer like a cloud. It's a sin layer. That probably doesn't make much sense. I need to have a clear day and not a partly cloudy one. But when we don't listen to that still small voice, guess what? You could be three minutes later in the accident. He was trying to get you to slow down, not to get in. I don't want to be overly dramatic. But I think when we get to heaven, we're going to realize how many times he protected us. Does that make sense? I believe, I believe it. And also how many encounters we didn't have because we were too busy to have them. I've got a girlfriend named Tina, (laughs) Tina Hamilton, who goes into Walmart. When I go into Walmart, I want to get my stuff and get back out fast. She just will take people and love on them. They go, why are you being so nice? She's beautiful. Why are you being so nice to me? Because Jesus loves you so much. I want to be more of that. Right? Okay. Letting go of your passions. I think we get into a stinking routine, don't we? I say stinking because I, Joyce Meyer and my head, stinking thinking. But we drive the same way. We eat the same stuff. We watch the same show. We go to, We do everything the same, and we're just bored. I don't think bored is honoring God. If you need something to get fired up about in the new year, come out with me on Monday at one o'clock and you'll get fired up. You think, oh, I'm serving people. Oh no, you leave. You're like, oh, I get to do this. God, I, I literally saw him heal somebody in front of me. I saw a miracle. Amen. Praise God. Do you know why the ministers in Africa say, More miracles happen in Africa than in America. You want to know why? You know what his answer to it was? He said, because Americans are studying God and we're worshiping him. That's why I love when Pastor Josh said, let's get loud. Let's be happy. Worship him how you please, but let's let him know. Like you, like you. Yeah, I did see you and it brings me joy. I'm sorry, I look all around because it fires me up when I see somebody like you who loves Jesus so much. So thank you. People are watching. People like me that don't know you. What an example you set. Great woman of God who's willing to give it all for him like he gave for you. Ooh, it's good. Okay. Ignoring your personal happiness. Listen, if you're happy because of your circumstances, you're going to be unhappy. The joy, of, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It sets us apart. When I was busy be, being an atheist up at the radio station, do you know what got me? Not somebody telling me who was going to hell or telling me I should be in church or telling me I shouldn't be drinking alcohol. Do you know what, what was different? There was a guy there that wasn't interested in me. He loved his wife, still does, was full of joy. And I thought, I want what he's got. He's happy. Amen and amen. And he didn't have to preach to me, did he? I just knew, oh, there's something different about him. He's fun. He's kind. He's a great dad, right? Okay. Not being your authentic self is number two. I tried to be somebody else forever because people think this is a lot. Somebody listening to a podcast may go, wow, that, that woman screams. Okay. It's a lot. But God said, I, I love you, my child, just the way you are. Just go out there and represent me. And how can I do that? From a place of service and love. Why are you happy? Because I got Jesus. Jesus. And the number one thing, and I'm almost done, I promise, is not doing more for others. When I used, people used to tell me that I used to say, what? I'm a mother. I work full time. I'm tired. I'm broke. I can't add one more thing on. And you want me to do more to help others. Wow. When am I going to do that? Here's the thing. Doing more. What does that look like for you? We're still talking about vicarious conditioning, right? There's a, there's Christian TikTok and a man on there who's very private and quiet said, I was at dinner with a bunch of people and I'm not demonstrative. And the Lord said, go up and tell that elderly woman across the room that she's lovely. And he thought, oh Lord, I don't want to do it. That's when it's a lot of times it's God. Cause you're like, oh, am I really going to do that? He walked over and he bent down and he said, Ma'am, I feel prompted to go tell you that you are lovely. And she said, I know you. And he said, No, ma'am, you I promise you don't know me. I believe that God wants you to know you are lovely. And she said, I know you. My husband died. And he's sorry. He used to tell me all the time, you're lovely. <laughs> So they hug and he walked away thinking, thank you, God, for giving me a God assignment. There's a Catholic man who writes Christian books that I really love. His name's Matthew Kelly. And he wrote a book called the biggest lie in Christianity. You could sit here all day and try to figure out what the biggest lie in Christianity is, right? I'm like, oh, I have to buy the book. And I hope he tells me on page three because it's <laughs> the way I am right. I'm going to make you wait on the biggest lie in Christianity and tell the story he tells in the book. I'm almost done. A man called Emmanuel. What a great name for a man, by the way. He's got some money in the bank and he's got a little time off and he's helping his wife and his kids are grown. And he had passed by a residential facility for the elderly. We used to call them old folks home, which is kind of horrible. There it is. Okay. Right? Amen. Residential facility. And he used to think, well, I could do something over there. I could could mow the lawn. I could talk to somebody, but he was scared. And a member of his church worked there. So he went in. He said, hey, you know, uh, I read some research that the residents of these facilities are only visited once a month. So I'm going to visit somebody. Is that okay with you? Can I do that? Well, they knew he was okay. They they knew he was all right. He said, which person should I visit? And she said, well, we have about 50 and they all need a visit, which to me is just unbelievable. So he said, well, my birthday is January 21st. He said, so I'm going to walk down this long corridor and knock on door number 21. So he heads down. Counting doors, gets to it, bangs real loud. Who's that? Oh, guy wasn't expecting company. He opens the door. Hi, I'm Emmanuel. He said, I'm William. What do you want? He said, I want to get to know you. And today they're best friends. It's a true story. (laughs) And I love it because He listened to that prompting and, and he resisted it, but he listened to it. So Matthew says the biggest lie in Christianity is that we can't be holy. Holy, holy, holy. (sighs) Don't you think that was a holy moment when those two worlds collided and he found out William was a businessman in love with God and And William gave as much to Emmanuel as Emmanuel ever did to William. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Right? Amen and amen. So, a holy moment is possible for you in 2023. So as we wrap up, very quickly, let's have a vision by staying in God's word. What is that? A divine connection we're going to learn this year. Let us know our value walk with that Royal bloodline. Okay. Choose to be a victor and not a victim. I'm going to have victory over my sufferings and I'm going to suffer with Christ. Number four, we can learn through others vicariously. So we don't make some of the same mistakes. Correct. I don't want to make some of those mistakes and we can choose a life of virtue. And I looked up virtue and it means good moral character. Guess what? An atheist can have good moral character. What are we called to as Christians to be a reflection of Christ? What an honor. And to have a holy moment that you know was given to you by the king of kings because he knows you're capable of anything because you belong to him. Purposed by him. That is how we commit to something better in 2023. Thank you and God bless you. You've been listening to a bonus podcast of Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. If you'd like to book Roxanne or myself in future events, all you got to do, go to Roxanneandace.com. And remember to join us each and every Friday for our new episodes as we, of course, stream anywhere and everywhere. So subscribe wherever you like to podcast and join us each and every week for Roxanne and Ace Unlimited.